Welcome to the Worship Leader Toolbox Podcast. Today we want to talk all about student worship bands. Welcome to the Worship Leader Toolbox Podcast, where our mission is to equip and encourage worship leaders and teams and practical components of local church leadership. We're so thrilled to have you listening to our podcast, and our prayer is that it's helpful for you and your teams. If you have any thoughts or questions, feel free to reach out to us at worshipleadertoolbox.com. And we'd also be honored to have you hit subscribe wherever you're listening to us. Let's join together in today's episode starting now. We're here today to talk about student ministry worship teams, and we have a special guest and friend with us this morning, uh, Lonnie Trembley. Other people. (laughs) Other people. (laughs) So today we're going to, like I said, we're going to talk about uh, student worship teams, uh, something that actually all three of us have led in in some form or fashion. Um, everybody who's listening, unless this is your very first time, which if it is, thank you so much for joining us. But everyone else, you already know uh, Tim and myself. So uh, I just want to welcome Lonnie. And Lonnie, can you share a little bit about yourself, um, where you serve, how long you've been there, you know, stuff like that. Favorite flavor of ice cream is also always a favorite one. Uh, any kind is great. So, uh, yeah, I've I've been uh, probably started in student ministry in 1994, 92, somewhere. I'm old. I can't remember. Um, uh, I got into it because our, the student minister there got in trouble and parents had stepped up. And frankly, I tried everything in the church because I knew God was leading me in the ministry other than student ministry because I thought, you know, I'll never be wired for this. And um I started doing it as a volunteer for 14 years and then finally left the corporate world and went into student ministry. I served up at uh, FBC Bolingbrook near Chicago and now for uh, 14 years at First Baptist Church in uh, Columbia, Illinois. I've uh, been there for, you know, for, for this period of time and some time to come uh, as the Lord leads. And uh, love students, love being with students. Uh, worship teams are huge to me. Um, I've done music all my life. Uh, though I can't read music, and uh, I'm, 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 I'm a guy who likes to hang out with musicians and carry the equipment. I'm a drummer. Uh, <laughs> we so. love drummers. If you're, if you're listening and you're a drummer, we love you. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a lot of fun with that, but I do have a good ear uh, when I'm listening and stuff. And one of the things that was really important to me is just, you know, having having students that love Jesus express that in music, express that in song, and... Um, was hard to get it started, but like a lot of things, once you once you get it started, uh, it takes on a life of its own. And I think what it does a lot of times, it, it uh, the, the scriptures tell us to worship uh, in spirit and truth. I think that comes together in a worship team if you lead it well, where uh, it moves from music to actual worship. And I think that's a huge, huge deal. That's awesome, Lonnie. Thanks for sharing that. Today, we're just going to talk about st- uh, student worship bands, worship teams, whatever that looks like in your context, and uh, give a little bit of an overview and so let's each describe uh briefly uh where we've kind of been in worship bands Lonnie you've kind of already uh, did that a little bit uh what about you Tim yeah I've I've also been involved in student ministry worship and most of the time it's been through Harvest over all these years and that's like college students and late high school but in our in my current church I have been involved in helping to get the uh youth bands going because I volunteer to serve as the junior high band worship leader. And so that has been going on since I can't hardly remember, maybe early two thousands. And, um, the, the goal of that when it's working real nice and tidy has been to have the junior high kids, sixth, seventh, eighth graders 
learn instruments, learn stuff, be involved in worship, and then eventually become part of the senior high band. Mm-hmm. And um, at the beginning, we didn't really have a senior high band. It just started with junior hires. Mm-hmm. And then ever since then, for most seasons, I have met for 35 or 45 minutes weekly with junior high kids. And sometimes it's chaotic, you know, <laughs> somebody will bring a saxophone and that's always like <laughs> difficult to figure out. Even if you are able to pull out some music, it's different keys. and Bagpipes then, are fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At then, least you have a drone though, right? Yeah, you, you know, do. That, there's the pad, right? Yeah, that's you got the it. pad in worship <laughs> music. Pad, yeah. But then you have other kids who, um, you know, show up and they never really played anything. Like yeah, they're just yeah. there because a friend wanted them to. So then you have like six drummers and then um, it's just been interesting, but that it's kind of been a volunteer. I call it. It's it's partly not volunteer because I am the worship leader at the church, and I want to see that happen for the future. But also, it's kind of my involvement in student ministry. So yeah. it's like mm-hmm. an opportunity to be in the microcosm of students' lives and just you know hear from them. And even if it's as basic as just getting kids equipped to think about praying aloud before they rehearse mm-hmm. and after, and yeah. calling on kids to do that. The best place, to, the best time to start that is when they're in middle school. Yeah, because they are just you know willing to do it. But anyway, that's that's my world of that. Yeah, and I'll piggyback off of yours because you said you were doing middle school, and about six years ago, I took I took a position where I was leading the high school worship team um, at your church, Tim, and um, I benefited from all the hard work that you did because uh, <laughs> it was like a great farm system. Every like every eighth grade graduate that became uh, like a freshman and was coming up into the worship team. Uh, was like equipped and ready to roll. And I was like, man, I'm like, I hope Tim never leaves that spot <laughs> because he, you were cranking them out and they were like, you know, I mean, there were some there. I mean, they were all very talented, but they were also just like, um, they already kind of had like that natural, like leadership and presence up front. Obviously there's always tweaking yeah. because of, you know, students are students, but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I know. So, yeah. So I, um, for a handful of years, I was helping out at your church and, uh, helping lead a uh, worship for the student ministry team and got to a point where I w- wasn't on stage and that was pretty awesome just to be able to like, you know, give them the keys to the van and it was their thing, you know, as their worship team and they led it and they opened with scripture and prayed and all that stuff. And it was really, really cool. So, so that's kind of a quick little overview, but we're going to kind of jump into the flow here and we have a guest and we don't really have like, you know, sometimes we kind of tie this up with you know, something that we're reading or our posting we're going to make, but this is more of just kind of like a, a sit down with three guys who are ministry leaders and, um, just talking about student ministry and, and questions. So, um, so it's just gonna be popcorn style. Just kind of jump in where you want. The first question is says, it says, how does a worship team begin? I think that's like a, a great place to begin. For, for student ministry. Yeah. Like, how, how does it start? So we're going to let Lonnie answer a bunch of questions. Yeah, they're all so looking we'll... at me at this point. So, <laughs> you know, just, just to let you know, that, you know, apparently I'm up. Um, that's probably the hardest part to get things going, especially if you have some, you know, a bunch of students sitting out there don't know what they're doing and have never played an instrument. Um, I think for, for me, it's always to find somebody who can play guitar initially, whether they're, you know, that are part of the church, maybe part of the worship team. But that would get a student started. That's the deal. I mean, I don't play guitar, but I, I always try to find somebody who would. Because once once you get it started, it will sustain itself from there. But getting it started is the hardest part, and finding some students that do that. You know, right now it, it's pretty easy because we have students coming in who want to be part of the team um, that are already skilled and all. But uh, the first part is that, is to find that one or two students that you can put together 
and begin to uh, pour into them first relationally to, you know, I always tell them up front, I said, I'm not going to let you stand up there and make a fool of yourself. Uh, I, I assure them of those that we're going to practice enough that when you stand up there, you know, uh, if you do, it's, it's on you because you have the skills. <laughs> so, uh, but I mean, that's how it's always started with us. And it'll start with a student. I don't care whether in middle school, high school, whatever it is, because every church I've been at, um, has not had one. So I've had to start from the beginning. So I usually go to, if we have someone leading worship, how, you know, how do you help me out here? How do we get started? And usually within a couple months, uh, that's about all it takes to get where they can play a song, <laughs> mighty to save. I don't think I'll ever play that song again. It took us three <laughs> months to get the, get them to be able to play that. And, uh, but, it, but that was the beginning at that point. And then, then uh, the, their confidence began to build from that. You know, I can talk a lot about sustainability, but the hardest part, I think, is to get it started. And I think if you go to the Lord and pray for the resources, I truly believe that this really does honor God. Psalm 150, uh, Psalm 148, you know, praise the Lord with loud cymbals as a drummer. I love that part. And, uh, you know, the lyre and everything else like that, that um, this is a big deal. And I think it's a big deal for students to come in and begin to lead their peers, you know, in, in truth and follow the scriptures. And uh, like it's already been said, stand up there. You know, it leads to prayer. It leads to reading scripture. It leads to them sharing their testimonies. Um, they sometimes will, you know, get up there and just speak off the cuff. I tell them they're welcome to do that as long as we practice it. But, you know, uh, these are one of the things that some of the things I begin to look for, the leaders and all. And sustainability of how you build leaders, that's a kind of a different topic. We can branch into so that later. It, how, I mean, you said that's, that's an awesome answer, like sure. prayer and connecting with the worship leader and seeing who could be available. Mm-hmm. But does that first guitar player, like... And this is this could be for who knows who's listening. Somebody sure. may have a worship team, so yeah. we could talk about sustainability. They'd probably yeah. enjoy that. But for the person that's listening and says, "Oh yeah, we probably should get peer leadership within student ministry," mm-hmm. like, but it seems so daunting. Like, could it be an adult playing guitar and gathering students, or is it? I mean, yeah. And then the other question I was thinking is, where is that first place that this group? played mighty to save after practicing three months was it in the youth ministry or yeah, was it was it... in the youth ministry actually that's a great question um i've never had an adult leading student ministry for as far as a student worship band they'll work with them on the side you know to basically get them to the point where they can play you know you do you do simple songs three chord songs or or whatever and simplify them to where they can actually stand in front of their peers and sound okay you know, I'm always say, I always have this thing. That, says, that's a good level. Sound okay. Yeah. That's well, I mean, I mean that that's it. I don't don't let the perfect get in the way of good. Yeah. Uh, that's beca- good. Because sometimes we we do that and we set a, a you know we set something uh, a, a goal for them that they can't attain, but but you've got to be okay with letting them make mistakes because yeah. I mean it's life lessons in that you know and. Uh, and, you know, that's just part of the coaching of everything else as they're coming up is to encourage them when they need encouragement and tell them when they're doing good. But also not be afraid to say, hey, look, uh, that's horrible. <laughs> you haven't been practicing. It's obvious. So, you know, uh, and I'm pretty direct with them and stuff. And But they're used to that because, you know, they know I love them. And that's why I think it starts with the relationship. Yeah. You know, to look at somebody in the eye and say, look, I think you have the ability to do this. Let's take a shot at it and see what happens, you know, and then build a couple, three people around that to where now I have the worship mob, you know, where there's 20 plus students I put on the stage at the same time. But uh, there's only really maybe 10 of them that are actually leading everything and the rest are all beginners sitting in the background 
playing along, not plugged in and singing. And huh. that's the next generation coming up. And what I've, what we've got rid of at that point is their stage fright and all that kind of stuff. So once they're ready musically, yeah, being on stage and, you know, what they've got to do, they already know. Interesting. You know, uh, just a different way of doing it. Yeah, I like that name, Worship Mob. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I was going through a planning center a few months back. And uh, it was it was a Sunday that the the student ministry band was going to lead worship at First Baptist there, and I was going through and I was clicking week to week to week, and also I said worship mob, and I was like, oh, I was like, what does this mean? <laughs> this can't be good. <laughs> no, that's that's super awesome. I like the I like how you kind of have built in sustainability because I know for a lot of students, you know, they don't get that on the stage or on platform or whatever, you know, your church calls it, they don't get that experience where they're kind of like in front leading. They might be solid on a guitar, but they are just, mm-hmm. you know, once they get up there, they're like frozen and right. they get the yips or whatever, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so, but the, the other thing is the culture of like building, yeah. a, like once there are people there doing it, then students are seeing that and then that's it's right. so yeah. much easier to keep the ball rolling. It is. And, it, that's the, and the hardest part, and that's, you know, the first question is how does it begin? Mm-hmm. And that's the hardest part. I mean, and I think that does start with prayer and, and relationship building. Uh, you so can't you, just pick somebody out you don't know and go, well, you know, you know let's yeah. flip the coin, see if it's you. <laughs> so do you think, uh, I mean, you said you play drums. I do. And yeah. do you think that a youth pastor or student minister leader has to be musical in order to get the ball rolling with confidence? I think I have or? proved that that's not necessary. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've tried to learn guitar, and I'm just, you know, uh, don't carry the equipment and hang out with the musicians. But, uh, you know, I've played drums since I was 12, 13 years old and stuff, and, and I love playing and everything. But, I, you know, frankly, you know, I, I'm not a great drummer by any stretch of imagination. My students right now are better drummers than I am, technically. Uh, they're being taught by a really good teacher right now. And, and all through the phases of, of this, that the different teams that I've had, uh, I've had different people that will come in and help and teach. And then, you know, a lot of times the students are teaching each other. You know, a lot of the older students are actually teaching the younger students uh, hmm. at this point because I have middle school and high school together. Uh, that's, the way, that's the way I do ministry, too. You know, I know that's not sustainable in a really large church and stuff like that. But for the, you know, for 50 or 60, for me, that's, that's pretty much what I've done is everybody's together. Yeah. And I have an expectation of the high school to set the example for the middle school yeah. mm-hmm. uh, to be, you know, some of them meet as disciple groups and, and everything else like that. And they're leading themselves, you know, um, and they meet regularly. And that's also within the worship team where guitar players are sitting with the younger guitar players and teaching them what they've learned. So, uh, it just kind of, it, it's a culture that gets yeah. built, you know, being there 14 years. And by the way, guys out there, you know, don't, don't do two years and then move out. I'm just telling you, you know, if it's possible, stay there because the seeds you plant, you cannot enjoy until years down the road. Take it from an yeah. old guy that's only been really to a couple churches since I've been, been doing this since hmm. 94, 92, somewhere in that area. Well, that's just actually, uh, that's foreshadowing to the next podcast. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I just thought I'd take my shot. While yeah, that's right. No, because uh, if, if you turn over to the Go Harvest podcast, uh, if you turn over to the Go Harvest podcast uh, sometime in the near future or recent history, you'll find in the timeline, uh, depending on when it's posted, uh, we're going to be talking with Lonnie about the longevity in ministry. So I'll be back. <laughs> I'll be back. So you mentioned a group of 50 or 60 and everybody together. I think that's good. Just critical mass and all that type of stuff. Yeah. People. But can, I mean, I remember when I was a youth pastor for one year as an interim type person, 
when a guy left and they were waiting for somebody else and I was in college. And I would, you know, be playing my guitar at places with student ministries and conferences and, and you know, be hundreds of kids sitting there listening and engaging. Then I'd go back to my own youth group. I'd pull my guitar out and all the kids were like, oh, no, he's got his yeah. guitar again. Yeah. And there was only like 14 or 15 kids there. Yep. Is there any group that's like, I mean, what would a small, small church do? Can you imagine like what the what the seeds are for that type of ministry? Is it just, Absolutely. Is it just a guitar player that helps them authentically worship or do you try to go big or like what, what is it? No, the, it'd be the same thing. It would be just a single guitar player. You know, truthfully, at First Baptist, we started out with a whole bunch of students that got together. And after a few weeks of me, uh, I didn't have as many students anymore uh, because, the, you know, I, I'm just we're going to we're going to be scripturally founded and we're going to we're going to dig into scripture and I'm going to love you and care for you. But, you know, um, too many students are church kids and not saved and not don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior. And that's a huge deal. So we didn't have and we had 12, 14 that, that kind of stuck. And that's where we started the band at. And it started with simply one of them and a guitar. And yes, it's awkward. And no, not everybody's singing. But um, it doesn't matter because I think when you when you begin to get a heart for that, the person who's leading begins to worship. Uh, that transforms the room. Um, you know, you start out with just making sure you hit the right notes and stuff. But once you get to the point, I always call it um, the joy of discipline. Once you discipline your enough, your, yourself enough on anything, but spe- specifically on your instrument, you get the joy of actually playing it and leading and everything else like that. And so you're, you're freed from thinking of the, of the technical stuff, but you're freed to think of Jesus. You're freed to think of the words that you're singing mm-hmm. and that, um, you, you know, you become very authentic at that point. Initially, it's all, you know, technical and, and you know, trying to hit the right notes, and you should, mm-hmm. uh, but... But I always encourage them, even in practice, I said, this is this is time for us to worship. This is not time for us to, you know, just mess around here. You know, you should rehearse at home and practice at home, and we'll rehearse here for the music that we're going to do. Um, it's this morning my students were hitting me up with, you didn't tell us what we're playing tomorrow night. And I was like, oh, okay, I forgot. I usually do that on Monday so they know what songs we're going to do. And hmm. um, and I'd forgotten. So, I'm, you know, they're, they're hitting me saying, well, I want to practice and get ready so we play. So, uh, you know, it, it again. It's a culture. You know, you yeah. got to start somewhere. Yeah. And uh, a, a lot of us have the. You know, I've been around long enough to to know that a lot of us have this thought that when I started, it's going to be bells and whistles and lights and you know we're all Hillsong out here and hands in the air like yeah. you just don't care and uh, you know, but it's not. It's grinding it out sometimes, and you get done and you're like, wow, you know that was horrible. But <laughs> you know, uh, but like you know, let's look at life. Life's like that. Yeah. You know, I started out as a, as a youth pastor, and I was horrible. My finally, my daughter sat me down and said, you know. Dad, you need to change what you're doing. I'm like, okay, hon. Great advice from my daughter. Yeah. But we can do that in another <laughs> That's podcast. That's a different conversation. Yeah, it's another different conversation. Yeah. This morning, you said that your students are reaching out to you because they're used to a, they have expectations or a standard. What key, like, disciplines and standards uh, for team members that you would say, like, are, you know, the, the, the pillars that hold everything up that you would start with if, let's say, someone's wanting to start out? Uh, I would look for somebody who loves Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's the big one and is responsible. What I mean by responsible, the standards I hold right now with the students and, and, you know, if they're, they fall into a culture of sin, whatever that might be, I'll remove them from the worship team. And they'll always go, well, well, how long? And I said, well, you know, longer than you want, shorter than I want. 
Okay, we'll we'll figure that out when I when I I see how you've adjusted to this. Okay, because here's what the issue is. You, you know, you're doing things right now. You're, you know, that's come back to me. And is he's true? And we have that conversation. But it has to do with people that that are real with the Lord. Because I think those of us that love Jesus, when somebody stands up there to worship, if they're just a musician, it doesn't take long before you know mm-hmm. that they're a musician. Those of us that love Jesus can look at a worship leader that may not be as good as a, as a musician, but we can worship with that person, whoever mm. it is. Hmm. Uh, I think there's a real sense of that. So I, I always look for that student, and, and I, I hold my students accountable. They're required to be at practice, and if they can't be, they have to let me know they're not coming, mm-hmm. okay, without exception. And uh, so they're very, very accountable on that because they know, you know, I'm going to hold them accountable. I'm going to hold them accountable to practice, and if they're not practice, I'm going to call them out. You know, I sign prayer time and things like that. And, you know, we always say, what's the answer to the question? And they all go back, yes. Okay, because they know I'm not going to ask them to do something that I don't think they're capable of doing. Mm-hmm. And that's a matter of trust to build it up. And it, go, it all goes back, I think, to the relationship that you build with that student or students, group of students. It's a, it's a huge deal from that point. Uh, and, it, and, and it doesn't, I think, Tim, you asked a great question. What if I have a small youth group? Well, that's how I started with small youth groups and stuff. Is in, and then it began to build from that to where we were on, you know, up in Bolingbrook, we're on a stage with, you know, there's 5,000 on the side of a hill and stuff like this, and they're doing Jesus Freak, okay? Hmm. And that was a band that my sons were in. Uh, and they they played well. They really did. But we worked hard at it, but we did, we started with nothing, and everybody wants to start with the big deal. You yeah. know, I've always come in, I've had nothing. And everybody thinks, well, I, you know, I got to do what he's doing. I got 20 students up there. We got to, you know, sound system and lights and we got to get all that stuff. And I'm like, well, that's no. a big issue for worship ministry in general because it's so public and yeah. so right. known. And right. there's just such a issue of, you know, comparison and it's just yeah, hard not it to. And it is. And everybody has to just, you know, figure well, that out. I put a picture of our, our students out one time in one of the youth ministry Facebook groups. And everybody said, well, well, why you got so many students on stage? I said, well, I look at things differently than the way everybody does. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're not performing. This is, this is a, you know, they're worshiping together up there. And some, sometimes with the other students, there may only be six or seven of them out there. And the, most of them are on the stage. On the stage. Okay. <laughs> so they, they know we all just come to the front. Yeah. You know, we all just come. <laughs> so it's basically in the We all just round. gather together. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. is, which is a, a better picture of worship anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's instead too presentational. Of, yeah. Instead of you being, you know, the observer. Yeah. You know, I gather them all up, and, you know, I'm up in the front. It's like, okay, guys, come on up. My leaders, everybody, we come up to the you front. You really need to get the Worship Mob t-shirt going. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I, I think you're right. Awesome. Yeah. You need to get it before this goes live. Oh, uh, that's all right. <laughs> you, know, uh, I, you know, if it catches on, praise God, you know. Yeah. So how common do you think worship ministry and student ministry is? Like, is it – I mean, I, our church has had it, and so I've – like, my daughter's involved in it. It has been a long time. It's been going for two decades. And I know when I see pictures of really large churches, I know a large church is relative. Like some right. people think 600 yeah. people is unbelievable yeah. and other people think that's 200 small. is too many. Yeah. yeah. It's a, you know, so um, in case you hear noise, we are in our outdoor studio. So yes. yeah. somebody's delivering rock right now. Yeah. Awesome. But, <laughs> rock on. <laughs> so we'll give it a second because it might be loud. So I was just thinking, how common is it really? Like, do you think that? It's not. I think uh, a lot of guys are fearful of it. No, I don't know, fearful of it. Not, that may not be the right term. Uh, 
it's just one more thing added to uh, what you're trying to do and trying to get the students in, uh, in involved in Jesus and involved in Scripture and everything else like that. But I truly believe, as we all know, sitting here as, as musicians, we all know what music does to our hearts and draws our minds in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, frankly, all my, all my kiddos are musicians, and uh, they didn't have a choice. My wife and I met in band. So they didn't have a choice. They will learn to play instruments whether they want to or not. And uh, they did. And they, you know, two of them lead worship now. So um, huh. I, I think it draws people in. I think it does. And I think it connects people. Yeah. You know, we all know we hear a certain song that our memory goes to things. And, you know, it helps a lot when I'm teaching if the songs connect to what I'm teaching on. Um, and I think even in a small environment, there are those times that God uses that moment to touch a heart mm. and uh hmm. even in a small venue of a small group of kiddos if one can pick up a guitar and uh you know begin to do that you know singing songs that honor god that bring glory to god mm-hmm. i think is a huge huge deal you know and i wish more would do it but i i i understand the difficulty of it it wasn't easy for me either to get things going yeah. But, I, but I also said I'm, I'm non-compromising about that. If I went to another ministry somewhere, that would be the first thing I'd be working on because I know how it brings students together, and I know how it draws students from the outside who want to be part of it. Yeah. I've even seen that just in college students attracted to worship ministry in their churches. Like, yeah, yeah. That's one of the places that is truly intergenerational to where yeah. you know, as yeah. students – go on they can be plugged in whether it's your church or another church that's right it's and like universal you know almost. our students are every week they're part of the regular band for you know for for worship and stuff so uh and clint played with a bunch of them last week yeah um hmm. they're as good as anybody you know they are in fact you know a lot of times because we practice so often we're better uh with the harmonies and everything else and, and the vocals and stuff and i don't hmm. teach any of that they just know it from choir from school and they work on it together and you know yeah. It's just a, you know, it's a good place for the for coaching and rock stars need not apply. You know, we we stomp that out pretty well uh, when when it's all about you because that's not that's not what Christ is about. So at mm-hmm. the same time, in in that in that uh, uh, petri dish of, of teaching and, and interaction, is you're teaching them how to get along with each other, how to get along with younger peers, and and you know, I teach them that you're gonna you're gonna step away from here one day. Who's gonna replace you? You know, you're going off to college. Who's stepping up, you know? And every summer we go through that, that the, the seniors graduate out. And over the summer, we incorporate those in the back row, start moving up into the front row. And by the end of summer, you you, you wouldn't think we graduated any mm-hmm. students, you know? And it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty awesome, you know? It's pretty awesome. That's good. So that process of that graduation time um, – so I, I'll talk from like I guess the back end. So like y- y- your crew on the back, the way I'm hearing it, it's not like these are our middle school and, and then up front's high school. It's, is it by experience that they kind of move forward and where they're yeah, at? Yeah, how good they are. Okay. I mean, and when they're ready, and I know they're ready. I mean, I watch them closely when we're we're playing. Mm-hmm. They're required to play. Now they're not hooked into the system, mm-hmm. and they're required to sing, and they're required to do everything that the front rows or front row people are doing. Yeah. You know, and uh, so I watch them when they're playing guitar. Are their rhythms the same as the leaders? Are their chords the same? Yeah. Uh, are they singing the songs? You know, uh, is there a smile on their face? Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, that begins to tell me that, hey, this kiddo has, you know, I've seen such a transformation just over the last few months of some of our guitar players that used to be, you know, you're like, are we even playing the same song? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and now it's like you've got this mob of kids that are all in sync and singing and yeah. you know you can even hear the voices in the back begin to feed into the microphones and stuff nice. so you know it, it's just cool yeah that's good and even on a practical level one of the hardest things to do and learn later in life is to sing and play yes like it's yeah. better to start yeah. singing while you're playing because otherwise it's hard it's to required ever, yeah. i mean even my drummers i mean I, I tell the tech guys in the back you better be singing <laughs> you know seriously uh, yeah every everybody on the team because when we go out somewhere you know if like we're playing we, we were playing at cul-de-sacs and draw crowds at cul-de-sacs and the students will share their faith and share share their testimony and then we go you know take a break and go out and talk with people so my tech guys are sitting out there they're students too i said you guys need to be as focused as the worship team is in order to uh, you know, just just share the love of God. I said, just have fun with it. You know, yeah, you don't have a microphone, sing your heart out. You know, you're yep. playing an instrument with that tech stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Most of the time, you don't have to do anything if it's set right. You know, we use low tech when we're going out, so we don't we don't use digital or anything else. It's all the old stuff that everybody's selling for pennies on the dollar now. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, that's still the stuff I'm used to. So, yeah, that's awesome. So, like, you actually said something that's super, I, I think is very cool. You said that they share their testimony. Yeah. So how, how do you build that up in your worship team's culture? Like, uh, cause even like, even if you were to say that to like, and I might, I can't generalize this, but I think that there's a lot of adults who would be afraid of terrified. Of yeah, absolutely terrified. <laughs> so like, uh. so how, how do you, how do you develop that? in this uh i think it's a great change for the next for this current generation mm-hmm. of christians coming up and that's something to do is like have them you know have a concept of, of what their testimony is and how to share the gospel along with that it's a requirement yeah they have to write it out and send it to me and, and if the, and, you know if they don't know the lord just send me their story i started my life as a small child you know <laughs> <laughs> and progress from there uh you know <laughs> Because it forces them to write it down and think through it. Yeah. Uh, I have several students that have come to me for baptism. And uh, so that's the first thing I ask them. I said, I want you to write up your testimony, send it to them before I meet with you. Because, uh, you know, if they've been with me or our children's director, they they have all the answers to questions you would ask theologically. But I want to know, I want to meet with their parents and say, has this kid changed? You know, has do you see Jesus in him or her? Okay. Because if they see no change, I always tell them their, their, first, their first mission is their home, mm-hmm. you know. And if, you, if you're great outside and you're a complete ding-dong at home, uh, well, you know, there's, there's a problem here. Uh, so for the testimonies, I have them write it out. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've, you've been there once mm-hmm. when we did God stories. Yep. In a, and what I ask them to do is sometime during God stories to stand up and give their testimony. Uh, and again, it's become a cultural thing, mm-hmm. you know, is going through there. I have hundreds and hundreds of testimonies on my, uh, on my laptop from, from years and years of students going through, because one of the biggest things that we all know in student ministry is, you know, 80% go fall away from the church when they leave the church. And, mm-hmm. you know, just my own expectation and, and the vision for, you know, student ministry and like where you want to see them as they leave, uh, leave the student ministry but still be a part of the church. 
Yeah, the uh, and that, that's a big deal. I, I think a lot of times we set the bar way too low. Mm. And student, students, when you set the bar high, they they like to be challenged. Yeah. They may not say so, okay, because they want to be slackers. But but uh, when you set the bar high and their peers start becoming part of it and they start seeing the joy of that discipline, mm-hmm. uh, that reflects itself in your mission trips, uh, how they how they work at home. I mean, all those kinds of things where they went from, you know, I don't want to do anything to, okay, I'm going to help put a roof on some guy's house in the inner city somewhere. Yeah. You know, where before it was like, nah, I'll stay home and eat Cheetos and sit in the basement and play video games and wonder why the girls don't like me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Just because I'm 30 years old, you know. Oh, man. That's good. Yeah, that's so good. That's that's refreshing to hear, uh, you know knowledge of this it's been because they're not part of the church they're part they're part of a club mm. and they go find a, a different club to be yeah. part of uh, as opposed to you know, are they truly redeemed by the blood of the lamb by christ and um, you can have lots of numbers mm-hmm. but if 80 percent are falling away then then you know what's what's that mean because uh, having them know the Lord when they leave, and that's true for I'm not you know I'm, that's in general, but I'm also talking about the students on the worship team. Mm-hmm. I'm not letting a, a kid go up there and lead that I know is not a believer. Okay, they're not going to lead. They can play an instrument, right? But you you're not going to stand up front and and lead because I don't think that's right. That's just me. You know, others have different opinions, but. Um, I want them to know the Lord. Mm-hmm. So they're going to hear the gospel. They're going to hear about Christ. They're going to hear their peers share their testimony. They're mm-hmm. going to hear God's stories that we share every time we meet of, of how they're talking to somebody about the Lord or how, you know, it's caused my leaders to change how they do things too. Okay, I'm getting off of student ministry, but this is, this is the culture that they come out of. Yeah. yeah. You know, this reflects on, on who they are. It's okay to have a sense of humor, right? It's okay to have okay, a sense of humor. It. Yeah. <laughs> So every situation is unique, uh, but Lonnie, um, it's been great having you talk about uh, student ministry and the worship teams, but uh, do you have a word of encouragement for uh, student leaders out there who are um, trying to get or keep a student ministry ban going on? Um, yeah, I, I would say don't stop. I mean, don't let disappointment get in your way. I think I think it honors God. I think all through Scripture, through the Psalms and everything else, we see we see this idea of of worshiping the Lord in a in a collective group uh, with music, with uh, Scripture, and you know um, I think of Colossians chapter three at the end of ch- chapter three. Everybody's got a story. Everybody's got. I'm paraphrasing here. Has got a hymn. Everybody's got something to share. Mm-hmm. And music is is so strong into the heart that uh, even if even if you can't get it going for a year it's worth it it's worth it to get, to get that going on there mm-hmm. you know um if you have to lead and drag your guitar out that's fine but I, you know my encouragement would be to, is to is to find those students that you can hand a guitar to and get them started we you know we have a lot of free instruments that we get from people Hmm. And they get to keep them if they master them. If they don't master them, they turn them back in. And uh, yeah, that's so a good I, little rule of thumb. Yeah, yeah I have uh, five drum sets piled up right now, sitting in a room, and three or four keyboards and a whole string of guitars that people give us. 
and I hand them out. They're just beginner stuff, but you know, once the student masters it, usually they'll go on from there and they're they'll buy a better instrument and stuff, and then they'll turn the old one in, which is becoming like a like, a, like a used music store yeah, it's now, like a music store library. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, I like all your puns you're accidentally throwing in, like a yeah. string of guitars. In it. <laughs> <laughs> so, for all the worship leaders listening, and then even us here, um, just in general, how are you working on getting the next generation plugged into? the worship ministry at your church. Yeah. I mean, if I was a worship leader, I'd want somebody like Lonnie around <laughs> cranking up a worship mob just so yeah. that, like it's easier. Yeah. Yeah. But how does a worship leader do that when they don't have that student ministry push? Should they focus on that or like that idea of starting and mm-hmm. that continuing on trying, trying anything. Right. Um, part of that might be the, the long haul vision of it because you may not start with a junior you know, guitar player in high oh, school no. who's yeah. able to lead. It might be starting right. with a fifth grader who's never played guitar. Yep. And that is a bigger investment and a longer term investment because Absolutely. now you're teaching somebody to play three chords and then getting into this idea. And that just, you know, takes yeah. a more. Uh, we have emphasis. students now that are taking lessons in, in grade school because they want to be in the worship band. Yeah, that's good. They're coming in ready to play. You know, the, I've, I've always played in the worship band and stuff like this as a drummer. And, uh, and my sons have always played with us and all. My daughter was plays keys and stuff. I think to move them up in there, you know, you know like, like Clint said, you know, it's just, it's, it's, they're included now. I got middle school kids that are good enough to play on Sunday morning. Um, and you need to incorporate them. One thing that our, our church is really good about and the churches I've been in has been really good about is to say, these are church members. They're not children, you know, um. I always tell the students, I said, you know, if you want to be treated like children, go back over to children's ministry. You're adults in training. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to expect you to step up. Mm-hmm. And uh, so for if, as a worship leader, all the worship leaders I've worked with, I'm like, okay, this kid's ready. Schedule him. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes we'll, we'll say, well, I'm not sure if he's ready or not, so schedule him with somebody so they can go through the practice and what that takes. And then, you know, like last week we had two drummers mm-hmm. working with Clint for their first time. They were fantastic. So now from here on out, I'll schedule them individually. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, we just work them in there. And they become a regular part of the worship team. Mm-hmm. And, it's, you know, and it's not just like this is T-ball and now we're moving them up to the big time. No, they're full, they're full members. Mm-hmm. They're absolutely good enough to play and uh, just like anybody else. But, yeah. but worship leaders, I'll tell you, if you have the ability to help out your youth pastor and get get a uh, student ministry group going, you're doing yourself well for the future coming up yeah. because you're going to have students that are going to stay at your church mm-hmm. and not go looking for something else. Uh, we have a lot of them that have stayed there, uh, even though they've gone through college and everything else, they're back, they're in church, they're back mm-hmm. uh, playing as part of the worship team because this is where they grew up at and this is where the ties are at. Hmm. Well, that's awesome. Lonnie, thanks so much. Um, this question that we just asked, we'll actually be putting this on the Worship Leader Toolbox community uh, Facebook page today. Uh, so be sure uh, to join us there and answer this question on how you're getting the next generation plugged into your ministry. So it's been a, a great conversation and hope that this has been helpful to uh, to uh, worship ministry leaders. But also, uh, if you're a worship ministry leader and you have a student ministry uh, leader at your church that is musically inclined or is interested in starting a, a worship team, point this uh, podcast to them. And uh, we just pray for you and hope that uh, you will be able to develop and uh, 
develop that next generation of worship leaders because as we're we're called to do and what we were created to do is, is worship God. So uh, like all worship ministry, the goal is to be authentic, using uh, the gifts and the people God has given uh, to us to help lift up the name of Jesus and our calling to the church. <laughs>